0: keep on the sunny side always on the sunny side keep on the sunny side of life it will help us every day it will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life Hello there. My name is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington, not too far from Mount St. Helens. I want to thank you so much for watching this and if you are listening to this and if you if you benefit from it, or you think it might help somebody else, please share it with them. This is a midweek cabin talk. This is a cabin that I use out in the forest to do a lot of recordings. I want to talk to you about full disclosure. You know, full disclosure is the idea that this is true in, in many business forums and in many settings where we set up front that we're going to like just tell you everything. You know, the great thing about Jesus Christ and and listening to him is Jesus always gave full disclosure about what it takes to follow him. You know, one of the ways that you can learn and you can, one of the things to look for, and the, one of the ways that you can know that somebody's really trying to deceive you, is when people begin to minimize or sanitize the cost of what they really want you to do, what they're suggesting, or, or proposing to you. You know, people will say this to you. They say stuff like, it will be no problem. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you have you may have peace, but in this world you'll have tribulation, but take courage i've overcome the world john sixteen thirty three Jesus says there will be a problem you're going to have problems in this life you're going to have problems as you try and follow him through this world. You know the apostle Paul made it clear later, and of course, we all know he had lots of problems. He was telling those new Christians in those people that were th- considering being Christians in Acts fourteen twenty two, he went around strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraged them, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, "Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God." He was saying to really live under the rule of Jesus, you're going to just have tribulations, many tribulations. Liars, the liars that we are hearing, you know, on the airwaves and everywhere else, to say everyone will love you <laughs> in other words they'll even they'll even suggest that they they might be they must be right or this thing that they're suggesting must be right because look how popular this whatever it is this work or idea or our ministry or church or whatever look how popular it is yet Jesus said, if the world hates you, Know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. This is out of John chapter 15. Jesus was laying it out that you're not going to be popular. If you really choose to live for him, not just religion, but to really live it out, you're not going to find yourself on somebody's team, the popular front you see, the Christian is called to live by a different set of, uh, of, of values, a different, a different agenda, a different allegiance. You're called to have an allegiance to him. You're going to be like him. And if the perfect Son of God was the perfect human being was hated because he wouldn't hate the people that, the people that wanted him to hate somebody, it's always one against the other. Yeah, you know, I've had you may have had it too. I've had people, you know, write me off, um, cancel me um, because I wouldn't write off somebody who differed with them, who had a different position or politic or whatever. Jesus said, you know, because my my um, like I said in the past, somebody said it way better than I ever could. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. I want people to come to take over and I'm calling and trying to repeat his message, to you got to love people, no matter where they are. You got to tell them the truth, but you got to love them. And if you do that in your family and in your community and around other other people, you're going to have people really, really t- take issue with you. The church marketers say your cost will be minimal. <laughs> well, Jesus does tell us to count the cost, but remember, he says this. He was saying to them all, if anyone, that includes you and me, wishes, you even imagine it in your mind, you wish, anybody wishes to come after me, they must deny, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And then he says, for whoever wishes to save his life, to save, I'm going to keep this for myself, I'm going to, I'm going to protect my comfort or whatever. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. You're going to miss life. Whoever wishes his life, who loses life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. And then he says this about cost. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but forfeits himself? You'll lose you lose, as other places say, your own soul. The religious promoters of our era And this is not new, this has been going on a long time. They'll tell you, they'll tell you your commitment to community will be, they'll promise it'll be convenient. We'll make it as as convenient. We're just going to do that. But you know, loving your church, loving other Christians in your church family, it's not going to be convenient. It won't be convenient. As a matter of fact, love almost never is convenient. Jesus said it like this, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You know, the cross was not convenient. The cross was not easy. I know I appreciate so many of you that through these last years, it's been really tough and yet you've just hung in there. You've been so faithful and reliable and generous, not resentful, grateful man it just makes me i just thank god i just have such gratitude that for your for your friendship and for getting to be able to uh be a part of your community jesus goes on to say greater love has no one than to lay down his life for his friends you see that's what it means the apostle john says later Love is this that you lay down your life for the brethren. Greater love has has no greater love has no one than this, than to lay down your life. You lay down yourself. You lay down your demands and your even your discomfort, your demand for comfort. And then Jesus makes it clear, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Well, what was He commanding that we love in this very very sometimes a tough way? You know, the the reason that churches and preachers in particular deceive you about what following Jesus means is to get you through their front door, to get you in their particular um, building. And then later, this is the logic and I've heard it many, many times. This is all these promotions, you know, that you get how to get people in your door. doesn't matter whether it's some kind of like 10,000 Easter eggs or whatever you're doing, you know, concert that, you know, some kind of thing. You get them through the door and then later, and and I'm not, that's not all bad. As long as the message is actually on point, but so often the reason why preachers deceive you about what following means to get you to following really means following Jesus. What really it means is just to get you get that crowd. And then they can explain later, by the way, if they ever do, what really following Jesus requires. Many churches do this because what has happened in over the years is we've adopted the goals of 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 basically American success culture the goal has become attendance, not Christ-like transformation, not even conversions. You know, that where we are right here, most of the people just move around. People are not, you know, we've seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people come to know the Lord over the years, but the general rule is people just a lot of these congregations and religious groups, they just switch people, go after each other's people. But you know, It's because in our culture, attendance has become the number one mark of success. A great church means that you're super popular. And so the goal drives toward that rather than transformation and genuine repentance. Now, I've heard it and I've said it most likely. If we get them in here, then I will tell them the whole truth later. (laughs) <laughs> but that's not something that Jesus ever did. As a matter of fact, this is what marketers call the bait and switch. Sometimes it's done without con- consciously. It's done kind of innocently. And you know, you're, you're trying to like make the greater good. I remember one time my wife and I were, um, we got some promotion to go, um, hear a, prom- hear a, a spiel, like a sales pitch and the, the draw was they're going to give you um, a free sleeping bag. And so we go and here's how it works. Uh, it was a free sleeping bag. So, and you got to go sit through this sales pitch so they can sell you a $10,000 campsite, which there is no way in the world. If I was looking for a free sleeping bag, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford a $10,000 with easy monthly payments for 900 years, you know, so I can, (laughs) so I can buy a campsite. Uh, But I thought the free sleeping bag pulled me in. So I did it. We went through the whole thing. I kept having to turn them down, turn them down. And then they give me the sleeping bag. It's about this big. (laughs) It was just, it was practically made out of paper. This is what marketers, as I said, call the bait and switch. They get you in and then they tell you, Oh, well, here's the real cost down the line. This is a long established process in cults. You know, cults will come around your door and they'll market to you. Oh, we're just like everybody else. We're just another Christian religion. Or we have all these things in common. And then they get you in. And then later they tell you, Oh, God was once a man like you, and you can become a God and your wife can become Mrs. God or, um, they tell you down the line, once you get in a little ways, hey, by the way, we're waiting for a spaceship to come pick us up. So you need to wear these purple tennis shoes. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. But what I'm saying is this is the common um, practice of uh, marketers and culter, cult, cult leaders. And this is exactly the opposite of what Jesus did with his true followers. What He always dealt honestly Straight up front. He always offered full disclosure. Jesus never allowed for a false peacemaking or real peacemaking. In other words, Jesus never said, well, what I want you to do is to uh, really just go along to get along. Um, I mean, there, there are some, group, some groups that like entice people in. They even entice people in with, um, with other individuals. And what they do is they act like it's all good, but it's a false peacemaking. And what Jesus wants you to do is come to a place of maturity where you can speak truth in love and grow up. Jesus never went with marketing instead of ministering. You know, Jesus never operated on, oh, what will the customers think if we serve this this group? Do you remember? They're, the people, the religious people were always like, what kind of holy man is this, that he's hanging out. If he knew what that woman was like, if he knew, um, uh, you know, these tax gatherers and sinners, Jesus never allowed that, that marketing, being concerned about the bottom line. What will customers think if we serve them? Jesus never worried about the religious base. He didn't. And then... Jesus was never, never allowed people to stay in a childish kind of indulgence over taking up your cross. He laid it out, that taking up your cross every day, that cross-shaped assignment. We'll talk more on the weekend. He laid it out and then invited you out of trust and love for him to, well, hear what he said to those first disciples, right? He said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And guess what they did? They followed him. You say, well, what does that mean? Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. They left everything. And so this is what you have to do on your journey, on your own journey. Now, it may not be leaving nets or it may be leaving, it might be leaving your grudges and your resentments and your prejudices behind. I don't know. But what Jesus was saying Maybe be leaving your fears behind. But Jesus was saying to them all, remember, if anyone, that includes you and me, wishes, you even think you might, to come after me, he says. You want to follow me? You must deny, he must deny himself. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross daily. That's not his cross, it's your cross. And then you follow him. You can't skip a step. So, I want to really encourage you to come this weekend. I want to be talking about this idea in a message that is entitled. So you call yourself a Christian. So you call yourself a Christian. I don't want you to miss it. I'd love for you to come in person and hear this, but you can get this also. There'll be an online message. They'll come out on Saturday and then there'll be a live stream on Sunday. But I want you to hear this message. So you call yourself a Christian. It's always worth a good hard look at what your following Jesus your following of Jesus really looks like. I can't wait to share that with you. Full disclosure You're gonna follow him, but you know what it is worth it. More than more than you can ever imagine. Thanks for watching.